Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We give you praise and glory. Open our eyes and our ears and we might learn what you want us to see today. Teach us, Father, as we sit at your feet. We give you praise and glory for your instructions. In Master Yahushua's name, amen. Okay, so uh, today's, uh, we. it's interesting because in our three portions today, both in the the uh, Torah portion, the prophet portion, and then the Brit uh, Chadashah portion, all of them had um, something to do or something to say about Edom or Esau, because Esau and Edom are the same thing. And so as I was studying and as I was reading, I, I just kept getting this because in our, our New Testament portion, uh, it talks about being a bondservant. And so I saw these, this amazing contrast about the spirit of Esau or the spirit of Edom, or are we walking in the spirit of the bondservant? Are we walking in the spirit of Edom or Esau, or are we walking in the spirit of the bondservant? So we're going to look at these things as we move forward in today's message to get a little clarity of what God is talking to us about and what he's saying. So we're going to talk about returning to our forefathers, two companies, innumerous descendants, wrestling with God, with man or God, a name change, the spirit of Edom and the spirit of the bondservant. Those are our topics today. And as usual, unless noted, all word definitions are from the TWOT uh, or the Thayer in Greek and the Hebrew and strong numbers are highlighted beside the TWOT and their definition in green. So let's dig in. Before we get into the portion, something came to my eyes this week that I thought was very, very interesting. And so I wanted to share it today before we begin the study. So this is out of context of our portion, but I thought it was very noteworthy. And so in Jeremiah 37, 18, it says, Thus did the Lord say, Behold, I am bringing back the exile of we see it says in English, Jacob, or this is, this is from the Septuagint. This is from the NETS, the New English translation of Septuagint. And will have mercy on his captivity. And a city shall be built upon its mound. And the, the Septuagint renders this word shrine, but it's actually the Greek word uh, also calls it the temple. So it's this dwelling place. And it will set on its rightful site. So the reason I'm bringing this up is, does anybody recognize the difference between the two red names? They're both Jacob's name, but the one up top has a letter Vav added to his name. It appears five times in Scripture with the additional Vav to it. All the other times, 333 times, it appears just as Yaakov. So you pronounce the one up above, Yaakov. So it's like Yaakov versus Yaakov. But in the Hebrew text, five times, 
it appears with an added vav. So I, go ahead, Paul. I'm looking at Jeremiah 37, 18, but that's not the verse. I'm just trying to find it. Did I put the wrong verse up? 37, 18? Maybe I put the wrong one up. I'm 30? sorry, it's 30, 18. Ah, okay. Just like it is in Hebrew. I, I, for some reason, put the 7 there. So it's verse Jeremiah 30, 18. Thank you. So, um, it's very interesting to me that this Vav is added five times. I'm going to give you the locations of the other four places. The other, one of the other four is Leviticus 26, 42. It's also in Jeremiah uh, 30, 18, which is our text here. Jeremiah 33, 26, and Jeremiah 46, 27, and Jeremiah 51, 19. So we got one, two, three, four of the time, five times is in Jeremiah, one time in Leviticus. What was interesting to me is, is how many times when this added vav was put in here, when it's talking about uh, the restoration of all of Israel. I thought that was very interesting. So this came, this thought came to me. So what was added uh, in the tribes of Israel? We have Joseph's name means to add. And Joseph is called by all of our brother Judah. They call the 10 missing tribes. They give, they give a one name to them, just like the scripture does. It's either Ephraim or Yosef, Joseph. So they call him Joseph or they call him Ephraim. Mostly in the land, they're calling him Joseph, the one that was added. Or here's the added, because he added two sons to the tribe as, as his dad crossed his hands and adopted them. So it's very interesting that here in this text, talking about bringing back the exiles, Jacob's name has an added vav. Now, vav in Hebrew, let me see if I can get this up. Um, I, for, I failed to put the thing up here. Ralphie, where's he at? So the vav means, again, the joiner. Yeah. So it's the joiner. Like a tent peg, it secures, it joins. It's like driving the tent peg in. It looks like a big, one of those big uh, railway uh, pegs that go into the, 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 uh, the yeah. So this is, this is what the vav is. So it's very interesting. So I wanted to put that up there for your uh, you can kind of dig into it and see what for yourself what that uh, means. But it's very, nothing, how many of you know nothing's by mistake or accident, right? Everything's put in there. God has a reason for putting it in there. Okay, so let's move on. Let's dig into our portion today. Genesis 32, 9 says, Jacob said, O God, my father Abraham, God of my father Abraham, and, and God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your relatives, and I will prosper you. So I just wanted to note, this is something that stood out to me, and it says, I, my note here says, as we return to our, as we return in our hearts back to the fathers, the blessings begin to come. How many of you know when you came, started walking in God's command, started doing things, you noticed some, some changes, some blessings started coming to your life? That's God's promise, isn't it? So here, Jacob is being called to return to the land, and he says, if you'll return, come, I'm going to prosper you. 
So we have all returned in the heart, even though we're not there in the physical state. Moving on to verse 10, it says, he says, I am unworthy of all the loving kindness and of all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant. For with my staff only I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two companies. I find it interesting that the nation of Israel did actually become two companies. Came the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Just as he's stating here, whether that was prophetic or not, but I found it very interesting that he's making that statement. The nation of Israel became two companies. If you have questions or comments, raise your hand, and Mike will make its way to you. Let's move to verse 12. For you said, I will surely prosper you and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which is too great to be numbered. We have a multiplication of the seed being promised. And he's not even in the land yet. Yes, Barry. Okay, he said he's become two companies. I remember the statement, two companies. How was that division made? Was it based on the, the wives and the servant girls? Yes. Yeah, the way he broke them up. So the servant girls were of one company, and the two wives were of the second company. Paul, Paul's, can you answer it, Paul? No, he, he broke them up according to his wife, the favored wife and her children and her servants, and then the less favored wife according to her children and their servants. So I, to me, as I read this, I thought, wow, this is pretty crazy how uh, this multiplication is going to take place, and it says that it's too great to be numbered. Well, currently, you can number the nation of Israel. They've got them numbered at 13 million Jews from Judah. But where's all the rest of them that cannot be numbered, that they're going to come up and rise up? Very interesting thing to me. So something to keep in mind. Let's move on. Verse 19 says, Then he commanded also the second and the third and all those who followed the droves, saying, After this manner you shall speak to Esau when you find him, and you shall say, Behold, your servant Yaakov also is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me. Then afterward I will see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. You know, Jacob wants to appease his brother. And we have to be very careful about wanting to appease those who seek to harm us. This is something that's in the nature. So we have to deal with the Esau's in our lives. We don't have to just feel like we've got to appease it or push it aside. Sometimes we need to deal with the Esau's that are seeking to harm and seeking to bring about destruction, that are seeking lives. Sometimes we've got to deal with it head on. And that's a lot about what this message is going to be about today. Let's move on. Verse 22 says, Now he arose that same night, and he took his two wives and his two maids and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and he sent across whatever he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Now, if we move on to verse 30, it says, So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. But yet in verse 24, he's saying a man, and the Hebrew word here is ish, 
and it completely clearly means a man. So you can't, you can't get any other idea out of it other than it was a man. But yet he later says, I have seen God face to face and have prevailed or have been preserved. So when we encounter God, we're changed. When we really have an encounter with him that's sincere and genuine, we're changed. Our character, which is really what this name is all about, our character becomes changed. We're no longer, you know, the, 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 the old guy has died and the new guy has, has now risen. We're no longer the same. A new DNA is now moving within our bodies, and now a new character should come out from this body, a new character. You shouldn't see the same old character traits that, that you used to do. People should be saying to you, wow, something's different about you. You're not, you don't do the things that you used to do. That should be commonplace amongst family and friends. They should notice these things about you. We become an overcomer. Our walk is different. He's walking with a limp. Our walk has changed. We're, not, we're no longer walking the same way that we used to walk. This is the beginning of a bondservant and the death of the spirit of Esau that reigned within us beforehand. You see, before we make an encounter with Yeshua, before we come to God's everlasting covenant, before we come into the kingdom of God, there's a spirit of Esau that was reigning in our members. There's a spirit of Edom that was trying to take over us. And when we, let, when we submit and we surrender to God and his way and his path, it makes it real easy to overcome Edom. It makes it easy to overcome the spirit of Esau. But sometimes that flesh, that spirit of Esau still wants to rise up. We're going to look at what Esau is all about. It's going to be very clear when we get done here how to recognize the spirit of Esau among us. Okay? Let's move forward. Verse 25, when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he, he touched the socket of his thigh so that the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Yaakov. Let's move on to the next verse. He said, your name shall no longer be Yaakov, but Israel, for you have striven with God and man, and have prevailed. Then Jacob, Yaakov, asked him and said, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. You know what's interesting here is the, the, in our English here, the word striven, you have striven. The word striven is the Hebrew word sarita. Sarita, and it means to strive. And it comes from the root from this, like Sarah, the sheen, the resh, and the, the, the hey, except here we have a vav or a yod and a tav uh, added into it. Yes. I still found it interesting when you pointed it out. In fact, thank you for pointing out that it said in one verse he wrestled with the creator, and then in another verse it says with man. But here it says both. Here is what? Here it indicates both. 
I still didn't hear what you said. Here and that, wait, did you change it? Yeah, it, it indicates both here. It says the creator and man. Yes, yes, yes. It was man and God and have prevailed. Now, it could be, and it could mean strictly about him, but, you know, it's interesting because Jacob did strive with, he did wrestle with men. He wrestled with Laban, didn't he? He wrestled with his brother Esau before he even left to go to, over to Padanaram. So he was wrestling and, 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 and striving with men, and yet he came, up, came out, uh, let's just say, smelling like a rose or coming out on the better side. Uh, but the key part here is his encounter with the Almighty, the encounter with God's character. So let's move on. So I noticed that there was a call to return to the land, a promise to be blessed. Now, just notice the order. It's kind of interesting how the order takes place. Then came an encounter with God, and then came an encounter. We haven't got to it yet. Then comes the encounter with Edom or Esau. Isn't it interesting? As soon as you have a life-changing moment, you, you, things happen in your life, and, and here you get a, a, your character has changed, your name has changed, your walk has changed, everything has changed, and guess what? Here comes Esau marching in the tent. Esau wants to come in and disrupt everything. Esau doesn't like peace and, and, and tranquility. Esau wants to bring chaos into the tent. Isn't that amazing how the enemy works that way? Yes, Polly. I was thinking about this and pondering, meditating upon this particular scripture um, that you just pointed out in the last slide. And I was thinking about a parent has a position of authority over their children, which gives them the right or the privilege of being able to name that child, mm -hmm. being able to give someone a name mm -hmm shows a relationship that you have some type of authority of a privilege over that person That's right. in order to be able to give them a name. Well, you know, God named the stars. Mm -hmm. He had the authority of the heavens. He let Adam name the animals, and he was given dominion over mm -hmm. the animals. You, and, or all of you that have had children, have the privilege of naming your children, so you have authority over your children. That's what I was seeing is that Perhaps what I never saw in this particular act of this wrestling is that there was some kind of humility or humbleness that had came over Jacob that he, like a child, submits to their parents because they're not in any place to argue. I didn't want that name. I, I didn't like this name. They're in total submission yes. and humbleness to their parents because they totally rely. And perhaps this is showing us some type of humbleness that Yaakov had at this particular point in submitting to the Almighty, and therefore he was able to be in a position to give him a new name. Spirit of Esau is already on the way out the door. Submission is the key. Submit to him and let him be the one that's in, in charge and have authority over your life. We do his will, not our own. So this is the order that happened, and yet right after the encounter with God, here comes the spirit of Edom or Esau. So let's now dig into the spirit of Edom. This is our prophet portion. It's in Obadiah. How many of you have read Obadiah? This is a, a prophecy against Edom. The, the arrogance of your heart has deceived you. Well, already we're seeing the spirit of Edom. 
is arrogance. The scriptures are going to define to us what the spirit of Edom is. The spirit of Edom is beginning right away with a, an arrogant heart. You who live in the clefts of the rock, in the loftiness of your dwelling place, who say in your heart, who will bring me down? In other words, he says, I am almighty, I am great, and I am awesome. I have built this mighty structure. I've got something really great, and nothing can bring me down from where I'm at. I have built it. I have done it. It's me, 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 and nothing can tear me down. That's the second clause of Esau, Edom. So I want you to be paying attention. We mark right through Scripture, and Scripture's going to show us the spirit of Edom, the spirit of Esau. Esau lives by the sword and is always at war trying to kill Jacob. Always. It's been that way throughout history. That's another characteristic of the spirit of, of Esau, spirit of Edom. Just look and see how many times that the enemy has tried to stomp out God's people. I don't care what tribe you're looking at. Just look at it everywhere. We have to be careful of the flesh, Esau, from gaining ground in our lives. Just watch out for the spirit of Esau in others. Beware, take guard and watch that it does not rise up within you. Verse 4 of Obadiah. Though you build high like the eagle, though you set your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. Like Esau, sometimes we think we can prevent disaster by our own hand. That's another characteristic of Esau. I, I, can, I can protect myself. By my own hand, I can preserve my life. Obadiah, verse 10. I didn't put the, it's obviously there's one chapter here. So he says, because of, we've gone over this word before, because of Hamas, remember that word, we, we broke it down, and it was, this word violence means lacking justice and humility. And righteousness, lacking justice and righteousness. There's no righteousness and justice within you. So the spirit of Edom goes forward without justice and without righteousness. You might say lawlessness. Huh? You might say lawlessness. Yeah, and that's exactly another word it defined it as when we studied it. It was lawlessness. Yeah. Because of violence to your brother, you see, we got to watch out for, for, for Esau. Esau wants to hurt his brother. Esau wants to do damage to his brother. we got to watch the spirit of Edom. You will be covered with shame, and you will be cut off forever. Spirit of Esau wants to hurt his brother. Scripture's going to define to us what Esau's character is like. On the day that you stood aloof, on the day that strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gate and cast lots for Jerusalem, you too were as one of them. Do not gloat over your brother's day. In other words, when your brother is suffering and there's a day that his calamity is coming upon him, when he's being judged by God Almighty, don't stand there gloating over him and do not join hands with those that are bringing about destruction. Ooh, we got to be careful about that, folks. We got to be careful about going, oh, he's getting what he deserved. No, 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 no. Don't let those thoughts and those words come into your heart and your mind. Oh, look at so and so. And then, you know, two people get together and they're talking about it. Look at so and so did. Did you know that so and so's got this kind of calamity? So and so's got this. Do you know what happened to so and so? No, no, no. 
Spirit of Esau, Spirit of Edom. When you hear those words, you need to back up and get away real quick because you don't want those kinds of things being attached to you because God's going to judge that kind of heart. The day of his misfortune, and do not rejoice over the sons of Judah in the day of their destruction. Yes, do not boast in the day of their distress. See, Scripture is showing us clearly what Esau's character is. The spirit of Esau, the spirit of Edom is clear. We have to be guarded against this spirit of Esau. No gloating over his misfortune. Be mindful of this amongst yourselves. Genesis 25, 30 says this, And Esau said to Jacob, Please let me have a swallow of that red stuff, for I am famished. Therefore his name was called Edom. Edom. But Jacob said, First sell me your birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am about to die. So of what use then is the birthright to me? And Jacob said, First swear to me. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Here's another characteristic of the spirit of Edom. He has no interest in this birthright. Number two, this entails taking care of the family. Edom is only interested in himself and the flesh. He could care less about the family. You can see the birthright is all about taking care of the family. You see, if you have a self-centered mentality, that's the spirit of Esau trying to rise up in you, and you need to squash it. You need to submit to God. You need to get rid of it. Because God's about family. God's about community. God's about bringing people together, his family. This isn't about us being off by ourselves as a lone uh, wolf. Keep noting the character traits so that you can watch out for the spirit of Edom. Why pursue the birthright? What, why is the birthright a big deal? The birthright brings God's blessing of prosperity for us and others. The birthright brings a double portion of inheritance. The birthright brings great eternal responsibility. The eldest son with the birthright eventually judiciously, there's that uh, uh, judging righteously, judiciously ruled the family for their benefit. He was king, so to speak. He took care of the family needs by providing. This was financial care. Remember Boaz. This is what Boaz did. This was financial care, spiritual care. He was the life-giving provider. The birthright represents the priesthood of government of God to be honored. The priestly birthright allowed you to hear from God for the family. Jacob received prophetic words from God. Esau did not. The birthright required submission to God and his government to receive the blessing. It required submission to God. See, the spirit of Esau didn't want to submit. It was only thinking about me. I don't want to submit to anybody or anything. I'm a hunter. I can get whatever I want. I don't need help. Yes. This just came to me. I haven't done any research to, to it. Submitting to the birthright would be submitting to the authority handed down through your father. That's right. And his Elohim. So by choice, you're being grafted in to whatever Elohim the Father was submitting to, and you would be following in that instruction. There's would, such, would that make sense? Yeah, and there's such an element of trust here. The birth guy receiving the birthright, birthright should be the one trusted. He's the one being trusted to carry on and take care of the family. But guess what? The Spirit of Esau doesn't want any of that. The Spirit of Esau could care less. What happens when you reject the birthright? Edom wants God's double portion blessing of prosperity for selfish motives. 
Edom or Esau rejects the great responsibility of the birthright. Edom is temporal, not eternal. Edom wants to rule others for Edom's benefit. Edom will not provide financial care or spiritual care. Edom is not a life-giving provider, but offers death. Edom wants honor, but is not honorable. Ooh, he wants honor, but he's not honorable. Edom rejects the government of God and will fight the vision of God. Edom does not hear from God Almighty, but from demonic gods. Edom rejects submission to God and has a strong natural appetite for temporal pleasure. Edom loves sports like hunting, good food, wild foreign women. Edom wants to kill those with the birthright, the kings and priests of God. Some Christians say they love the Father but reject the government of God and the purpose of God. Watch for selfish motives. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Watch how others handle the birthright. Do they embrace the birthright or treat it carelessly or pose and kill it? Yes. Um. I don't know. My perspective is, I mean, I see, you know, the characteristics are negative with Edom, but I see that in people everywhere. Oh, there's a lot I mean, of people with it. Yeah, there's nations but with it. What I'm seeing is I don't think Edom would be in a place of worship. He don't, he, he'd be at that party Friday night. He's waking up with some woman this morning hungover. I mean, that's what I see. Yeah. Edom's not a believer. He wouldn't be here. So I'd be careful because somebody might show a characteristic because we all have them and all display them to call somebody this. I'm saying watch out for that spirit because that's not a good spirit. God's clearly saying those spirits aren't good and we've got to watch out for it in ourselves. Yes. Yeah, definitely watch out for those spirits. I deal with them on a regular basis. It's pretty easy to spot. But the one thing I noticed is um, when I'm looking at this about the foreign women, you can also relate that spiritually, I would think, with women who are not of Elohim. Yep. You're not supposed... <clears throat> Sorry about that. You're not supposed to be hooking up with people that are unevenly yoked in That's a relationship. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're a believer and she is not, or vice versa, it doesn't mix. Oil and water don't mix. It, it, yeah, it brings about discord. Let's move on. See, the spirit of Edom is jealous of your calling. They try to prevent you from carrying it out. Esau, Edom, did not like what Jacob was going to be doing. He did not like what Jacob was going to be carrying, and he wanted to prevent it from going forth. Let's look at Numbers 20, verse 14. From Kadesh, Moses then sent messengers to the king of Edom. Thus your brother Israel has said, you know all the hardship that has befallen us. Please let us pass through your land. We will not pass through field or through vineyard. We will not even drink water from a well. We will go along the king's highway, not turning to the left or to the right, until we pass through your territory. But Edom said, uh-uh. I know I heard what God did for you over in Egypt. I know you've got a blessing on you, the miracles that took place, and I don't like it because I see God Almighty is with you. You will not pass through my land. Spirit of Edom, spirit of Esau. And you know what? We've all had these things come up within us. 
These things rise up, and we've got to take authority. We've got to submit to God. We've got to get rid of it. We can't let these things not only arise within ourselves, we can't let it arise in our family, and we can't let it arise in the mishpacha. We can't. You've got to keep it at bay. He said, you shall not pass through. And Edom came out against him, not just saying don't pass through. He comes out against him in martial array. That means he's ready to kill to prevent him from coming through. See? It's not just about fighting. I'll, I'll go to absolute blows and death. I'll fight to the death to keep you from doing what you're called to do. Edom refused to allow Israel to pass through his territory, so Israel turned away from him. Esau, fathers of the Edomites, who will constantly war with Jacob. The spirit of Esau is jealous of your gifts and prosperity. He wants to bring down the godly, obviously because he's lawless. Let's continue on. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face against Mount Seir, that's Edom. Prophesy against it and say to it, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, Edom. I will stretch my hand out against you and make you a desolation and a waste. Why? I will lay waste to your cities and you will become a desolation. Then you'll know that I am the Lord because you have had everlasting, oh, just for a year? No. Constant, everlasting enmity and have delivered the sons of Israel to the power of the sword at the time of their calamity, at the time of their punishment of the end. Therefore, as I live, declares the Lord God, I will give you over to the bloodshed and bloodshed will pursue you since you have not hated bloodshed. Therefore, bloodshed will pursue you. Ooh, boy. If that's not enough warning to want us to be at bay from the spirit of Edom, that's heavy stuff. I don't want the spirit of Esau anywhere near me or my family. I want nothing to do with it. Because you have said these two nations and these two lands of mine, and we will possess them, although the Lord was there. Therefore, as I live, declares the Lord God, I will deal with you according to your anger and according to your envy. There's that envy. Remember jealousy I was telling you? You know, you might say, well, he wasn't jealous. The spirit of, of, of uh, Esau is not jealous of us. Here it is. He's envious. Jealous, your envy which you showed because of your hatred against them. So I will make myself known among them when I judge you. Character traits of Esau. You see, carnal security ripens men for ruin. It ripens them for ruin and destruction. Makes the ruin worse when it comes. Treasures on earth cannot be so safely laid up, but that thieves may break through and steal. It is therefore our wisdom to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Those that make flesh their trust arm it against themselves. Let's talk about the spirit of the bondservant in contrast. We've now looked at Esau, spirit of Edom. Let's look at the spirit of the bondservant. Who were the bondservants? Revelation 15 says, And they sang a song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the song of the Lamb. So Moses is a bondservant. We can see what his character was like. Joshua 24, 29. It came about after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord. 1 Samuel 3, 9. And Eli said to Samuel, go lay down, and it shall be when he calls you that you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel, another servant of the Lord. Psalm 18. For the choir director, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. 
Were they perfect? No. Were they sinless? No. Luke twenty two forty two says, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but your wills. Ooh, there's a nice character trait of a bondservant. Not my will, but your will. Acts 13, 22, and he had removed him and raised up David to be their king, discerning or concerning whom he also testified is that I have found David, a son of Jesse, after my own heart, who will do all my will. I'm seeing something common here amongst the bondservants. Deuteronomy 32, 36, for the Lord will vindicate his people. He will have compassion on his servants. When he sees that their strength is gone and there is none remaining, bond or free, he's going to have compassion on his servants, but not on the spirit of Edom. You see, the master is responsible for his slave's needs, feeding, housing, clothing, and all else is the slave owner's concern. It is because we are God's servants, slaves, that our Lord says, therefore, take no thought for the ordinary needs of life, our possible our apostle will say later in this very epistle, my God shall supply all your needs. The master is responsible for his slave's duties. They will not choose their own task or their own sphere, whether ours is to be, uh, to be the, the, the more menial or the more genial work is his plan, not ours. It is the uh, believer's wisdom to stand before him as those in 2 Samuel. Thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my Lord the king shall appoint. The master's response for his slave supplies. Who goeth to war at any time at his own expenses and charges? How many shows up at the, the army or the, the Marines or any of the, and says, you know what? I don't need any of that stuff. I've got my own stuff. I can equip myself. No. They're going to take everything they're going to get. The army is going to be supplying them all the things they need to get everything that they've got to get done, done. The soldier has all his military equipment provided, and likewise the slave has supplied everything needing for the aqueduct discharge of his duties. You see, if you turned in to be a servant, God's going to give you the things you need to accomplish what he's called you to do. You don't need to go out and get it yourself. God's the one that has put you on that charge and that task. He's, going, he's the master. You're the servant. He's going to give you all the equipment you need. You need rocket launchers? You got it. You need enough food to feed 5,000? You got it. All of the supplies are at our disposal, as Paul records in 2 Corinthians. My grace is sufficient for thee. This is who I want to be, the bondservant. This is who I strive to be. May God help us all. In our apostolic portion, James 1.1, James says, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This word bondservant is the Greek word doulos. We're going to dig a little bit into this Greek word bondservant. Doulos, from dio to bind. The additional notes on doulos was an individual bound to another in servitude and conveys the idea of the slave's close binding ties with his master belonging to him, obligated to, and desiring to do his will, and in a permanent relation of servitude. In sum, the will of the doulos is consumed in the will of the master. Wow. The will of the servant is consumed in the will of the master. It's what Yeshua said, isn't it? I'm not doing my own will. What you see me doing is what my father does. 
I don't even speak my own words. I'm saying what he's asked me to say. A bondservant is one who surrendered wholly to another and their will, and thus devoted to another to the disregard of his own interests. Paul and Timothy were not their own, but had been bought with the price and blood of Yeshua. They were now the property of our Lord Messiah and were his slaves exclusively. No man can serve two masters. Paul and Timothy had been slaves of sin by their birth into Adam's likeness, but now they are slaves of Messiah by their new second birth. They had, to, they had no will of their own, no business of their own, no time of their own. They were acting for their master, dependent upon him and obedient to him. Can you imagine a whole community like this? Wow. Dulos speaks of submission to one's master. I said several of these. We'll move to the next slide. 1 Corinthians 7.22 for he, who is, for he who was called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who was called while free is Messiah's slave. You were bought with a price and do not become slaves of men. Yes. It is written, if you want to be a servant of all, no, how is it? If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be a servant of all. Yes. Amen. Amen. This is what I saw in the study this week, the characteristics of a bondservant. He's thankful. We all give thanks here when we begin our service. We're very thankful. He's prayerful. He's on his knees. He's praying. He's not only praying for himself and the people in his community, he's praying for who? His enemies. Praying for those that, that are out seeking to do him harm. He submitted to God Almighty and his will. He's a giving person. He gives. He's not selfish. Remember, the spirit of Esau and Edom is opposite. Esau is only concerned about me, me, me. He comes in, he says, I'm famished. Give me that stuff you just cooked. I'll sell anything. And here's the biggie. He's humble. Bond servant is a humble man and a humble woman. Humility. May we be a people. May we be a fellowship. May we be moms and dads. May we be friends. May we be a people in the workplace that are humble in everything we do and everywhere we go. Would you stand with me? We're going to finish early today. Don't. Yes, Paul. Since we're finishing early, we got two questions. Okay. Go ahead. My question is, Ebed is in Hebrew is the word bondservant or servant. Yes. Was it a mistake for Yaakov to say, your bondservant Yaakov to his brother, even though it was rejected, but wasn't a mistake for him to make that statement. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Jacob made the statement, but yet Esau wasn't interested in anything bondservant. Esau was coming out in martial array against him, just like he did later. Well, that's my question too. Uh, 
it's it's kind of funny. I, this, this story is funny when the, he goes out and the messenger says, "I've got God with me," and and go tell Esau these things. And then he comes back and he says, "Oh, I got four hundred men with him too." Did I did I forget to mention that part? Uh, he just when he heard that, he, he, then he got scared. Yeah. So, my question is, what, what's an example of Jacob not acting? What's an example of Jacob when he did act in the spirit of Esau? Can you think of one? Uh, an example of Jacob when he did not act. When he in the... did act, when he did take on the spirit of Esau. Well, when, well, the, any of the deceiving that took place was clearly an act of Esau. Right. That's yeah. exactly it. So Jacob is being this way because he's guilty of what he. I'm thinking he's guilty of what he what had done prior. That's why he left in the first place. Yeah. Right. Yep. So we shouldn't fear Esau. We should fear the spirit of Esau. That's right. That's right. And the spirit of Esau comes when he doesn't follow the Torah, which is what he did when he tried to seek the blessing. Not the, not the birthright. That's okay. But when he went to go pursue the blessing, he denied his brother due process. He yeah. did not do, he wasn't a bondservant to the Torah. That's right. And therefore, he was acting in a, in a bad way. And a whole bunch of bad stuff happens after that. And he's the one that, that started that. So w that's what we need to guard against. Not Esau, the spirit of Esau. Is that which fair? Is, which is where we're going in this last okay. slide. Yes, go ahead. So another thing that I see in this is Jacob, being very much like us, <laughs> walked in the commandment of Yah when he left and followed his instructions. Yes. Because God said, I will bless you, leave and go back to your country. Yes. That doesn't mean that the path he was walking in right. was without fear. Right. And it doesn't mean that the path he walked in was without the blessing of Yah, whose yeah. loving kindness endures forever. Because, like you said, he had wrestled or with man, he had wrestled with God. Now, whether he had wrestled with the decisions that Elohim had gave him or not, it's, the word doesn't say specifically. But so often we have this conflict in ourselves where we're not really sure whether we should be walking on this path or not. And um, that's so, right. Yeah. I, and so it, it puts it in the context there, even though he was renamed, even though he was blessed, he was still just a man. Yep. I mean, it can get scary out there. I mean, it doesn't take 400 men to come up against you and your family to get you scared. I bet I bet 50 would have done it, you know? Yes. So what I was listening to you say is when, when the distinction between the bondservant and the birthright um, with Ephraim, right, yep. scattered throughout the yep. nations being the, the largest group. Yes. Then our call, being called back, um, there's this large possibility that most of us being called back right now are part of the tribe of Ephraim. Yep. Concerned about the birthright, yep. concerned about the entire tribes, all the tribes, yep. and that then we have to question what is the spirit of Esau that exists right now that is not concerned with the entire tribes because that's not being spoken about. Yeah. So there's a spirit of Esau that is definitely ruling and changing the narrative and suppressing what Yah is doing and calling his people uh, especially Ephraim and those concerned with the birthright. Unfortunately, Ephraim himself 
the, the Hebrew Roots Movement has the spirit of Esau trying to rise up in communities everywhere. And this is why I'm saying we've got to be guarded against it. Because if, if we're Ephraim and, and that birthright falls upon us, we can't let the spirit of Esau rise up not only in us, but in our families, in our communities, because it just brings down the goal of what the uh, uh, birthright is supposed to be doing. You know, we, we, we can only take care of what we're in control of. We got to be busy about what we have authority and control of. That's what we can do. God's going to take care of the rest. We got to be busy about what we have authority and control over. Um, to me, a lot of this is just imperfectness. I mean, we all argue with people and are wrong sometimes and find out we're wrong or can't admit it, et cetera. But the spirit of Esau, it, it, from what I see in Scripture, is constantly trying to take his brother into bondage, constantly trying to rule over him on a personal level, on a, on a level that is like slavery. And wants to hurt the spirit him too. of Esau, yeah. I think, is still active in this world, and yeah. it comes in supremacist groups and et cetera that want to rule over you and don't want you to worship Yahuwah. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know. I just disagree. I don't think the spirit of Esau comes in here and worships. I think the spirit of Esau is out there doing his fun fornification, drugs, or whatever all the time, and whenever he comes across anybody around him, he wants to control them and enslave them. Yeah. That is the spirit of Esau. We can't be fooled, though, because envious and, and all these things yeah, were part exactly. of it. And those can rise up in us. And we've got right. to keep that at bay. But I wouldn't say that person has the spirit of Esau. That, I mean, that's what my point. Yeah. You know, to me, this is how slander and stuff starts in a community. Yeah. And then people are afraid to go to speak their mind because it, it, other people say, oh, you're being rebellious. And then you can't learn. Well, and here's the key thing about speaking about things in community. It's got to be done in love. Because the New Testament says, if you don't bring it in love, you're already just a clanging symbol. It says, go to that person yeah, first. yeah. In love. Yeah. If you're not going in love, nothing else, everything else doesn't matter. Yes. So I really like what you're saying in terms of equating it with within the Messianic movement. Yes. Because I wasn't thinking of it like that. Like, I wasn't even thinking about Ephraim being a specific named group because mm -hmm. I, I don't necessarily think that's so. Yeah. But I, because I believe that it's happening all over and people don't even know this type of thing exists, sure. right? But he's calling us. Yes. But I like what you're saying there because that's really important for us to look at that within this calling or this group, that that's exactly what each one of us need to do is yes. make sure that... Oh, to, to make sure that we're sheep and not goats. I mean, if we have a choice in the matter, that's right. That's the humility, like you're saying, yes. that we each have to have and encourage one another, especially in the whole thing, since everyone's so <laughs> different, right? Yes. But then so is everybody then. Amen. Anybody who's saying that they're calling upon <laughs> his name and may not understand, Amen. it's that same thing, what you're saying. Yes. So this is an, this is an amazing lesson. Thank you. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to hold the mic. Go ahead. So we're, we're actually finishing on time. <laughs> you guys helped, helped us stretch it out uh, until 5 o'clock. So I'm going to finish with this. So keep with me here. Let's don't, we got to be careful. Don't let the spirit of Edom rise up in you or dominate your life. Free yourself by submitting totally to God as a bondservant and let the spirit of God in you overcome 
the spirit of Edom or Esau that wants to rise up in each of us to bring us down so that we don't fulfill the commissioning and the things that God has called us to do. We've got to do those things so that we can be used. God's not going to use those tools if they're going the wicked way, if they're going the, the way of violence, the unrighteous and, and lawless. He's not going to use them. We can only be used when we're stepping forward in the right calling and the character that we should be going in. God started finally using Jacob when he finally had his name changed and he walked differently. That's when things started to change. So be mindful of those walking in the spirit of Esau, but pray for them. We need to pray for all of our brothers and sisters. We, want, we should want everybody's betterment. We should want everybody to have change. We should want everybody to become who they're supposed to be. We should, we've got to lift each other up. We're the body of Messiah. We've been called. God's opened our eyes. We need to walk in those things. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this awesome, wonderful message today. Thank you, Father, for giving us an understanding. Help us, Father, to be mindful of any of these character traits rising up within us. Father, we need to be careful so that we're not brought down by these things because these things not only destroy us, but they destroy families, they destroy communities. Uh, Esau wanted to destroy a whole nation with that character. Father, help us to be mindful. Help us to walk in the spirit of a bondservant. Help us to walk in the spirit and character of Messiah Yahushua. Help us to walk in your love and your righteousness. Help us to let those be the frontlets before our eyes and nothing else. We give you praise and glory for all of this. In Master Yahushua's name we give thanks. Amen. What did we talk about today? We talked about returning to the forefathers, two companies, innumerable descendants, wrestling with man or God, the name change, the spirit of Edom, and the spirit of the bondservant. If you're watching today and you do not know this amazing God, or if you're here and you do not know this amazing God, and uh, you would like to know who this God is that's, that's brought all these things to us, that's offering these things to us, that has this wonderful way of making a change in your life, I'd like to pray with you. Father, we ask right now that anyone that's listening that does not know you, that does not have a personal relationship with you, that does not know your, your son, Messiah Yahushua, I would ask right now that they would repent of all their sins, iniquities, and transgressions. The Father, that they would admit that they've done these things, that they've walked contrary to you, and the Father, that they would accept your offering of your son on their on behalf of their life. The Father, that they would start reading your word, applying the words, the precepts, the, the principles of your word into the life that brings about change, that changes character, that brings about change and, 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 and this fence built up against the spirit of Esau. We give you praise and glory, Father, for touching the lives of those who, who need that change in their lives. The, may they now have a different walk. May there, may there be a limp in their walk. May there be a different, a different way they speak, a different way that they treat their brother. Thank you, Father, for the message today. We give you praise in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you, everybody online, for joining us. Thank you, everybody here. May we have a wonderful rest of Oneg, and we get to say Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Hey. Shabbat Shalom. Hey. Shabbat 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 Shalom. Hey. Shabbat Shalom. Hey. Shabbat Shalom. Hey. Shabbat 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 Shalom. Shabbat 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 Shalom. Shabbat 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 Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Hey. Shabbat Shalom. Hey. Shabbat 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 Shalom. Hallelujah. Awesome.